Hi, I'm Pastor Brian Kiley, and thank you for listening to Bridgeway Christian Church's presentation of Faith and Culture, Women in Ministry. Part of the Faith and Culture series that we do here at Bridgeway is lecture material presented by Pastor Lance, and then we also include testimony from subject area experts. What you're about to hear now is you're going to hear Pastor Lance introduce one of our guest speakers, and then you will hear one of those powerful stories. We invite you to listen, and if anything you hear raises questions for you, please contact us at askask at bridgeway.church. With an MDiv from Fuller and a doctorate from George Fox University, we have a doctor, a pastor. Linda has been ordained for nearly 30 years in the Evangelical Covenant Church. She trains Christian leaders and is currently the Associate Vice President of the PACE program at William Jessup University. Will you welcome with me Dr. Linda Somerville? Good evening. Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you tonight. Bridgeway, I just want to say, Bridgeway is a church that is very dear to my heart. Um, I had the chance to speak with many of the women of the church about three years ago at the Christmas event, and many of you also were with me at the women's retreat a couple of years ago. And I have a number of dear friends who uh, work here and uh, are part of the church, and I regularly hear stories about what God is up to here at your church, and I get to see some of it for myself firsthand, and it it's very powerful. So I just want you to know God is having an impact in your church, not only within these walls, but well out into the community. So thank you for that and for allowing me to come and share tonight. Well, I have never actually been a person who is very concerned with status or titles or position. Um, and my main concern has always just been really to be obedient to God's call on my life and, and to follow Paul's example in the passage, the verse that Pastor Lance just referred to, where Paul says, I have become all things to all people so that I might win a few. And my goal has never been to try to convince anyone that as a woman, I should be allowed to do certain things in ministry. My goal has simply been to be a faithful witness to Christ and to help other people get closer to God. Now, sometimes that has meant not speaking of the fact that I have a Master of Divinity degree or that I'm an ordained pastor or that I have a doctorate in leadership and spiritual formation or that I'm a trained spiritual director or that I've been teaching theology and leadership in Christian higher education for more than 20 years. For some of you, when I share those things about myself, it perhaps maybe gives me a little more credibility in your eyes as a woman speaking on the platform. For others of you, you might hear me say those things, and it might make you feel a little uncomfortable because it doesn't quite fit with how you understand God's call to women. And so in, in ministry, I've always had to kind of discern what God wants me to share or not share about myself with an individual or with groups of people because I don't want to get in the way of just leading people to Jesus. Now, I want to say, if you are one of those people who's uncomfortable with women in ministry, let me just tell you that I can relate, <laughs> because there was a time in my own life where I felt the same way. I first heard God's call to ministry when I was a young woman, and it took me a while to understand what God was saying to me. I grew up in a Bible-teaching church, and I was encouraged and equipped and, and just encouraged to be whoever God called me to be. And I had lots of opportunities to lead. I, I served in children's ministry and youth ministry and worship ministries. And I had many pastors and godly leaders and Sunday school teachers over the years who 
pointed out to me the gifts that they saw in me and the ways that they thought God was calling me into ministry, and they, they encouraged me to go for it. But in my late teens and early 20s, I started studying some of the passages that Pastor Lance has been leading you through here. And it led me to think that God could not possibly be calling me into pastoral ministry. So I wanted to be fully obedient to scripture. And I began to wonder, how could God call me, a young woman, into pastoral leadership? That doesn't make sense. Despite all the encouragement I'd had from pastors and godly leaders, I doubted myself and I doubted that that was God's call. So I figured that God was probably calling me to overseas mission work, right? Because in, like in a third world country somewhere, because that felt to me, you know, more authentic to what God might be calling me to as a woman. And I felt more comfortable preaching and teaching in the Philippines where I spent a few months doing some mission work than I did preaching and teaching here in the United States. So somehow, I don't, know, I don't know why, but I thought that was more okay with God. So I decided I need to get some more training, right? So I decided that I needed to go to seminary. I went to Fuller Seminary to get my MDiv with an emphasis in cross-cultural ministry because they had an excellent training program for missions. So I went there, but God had a surprise for me. <laughs> Overseas missions was how God got me to Fuller, but while I was there, he redirected me to home missions right here in the, in the United States. Now, before I tell you any more about my call, I just want to pause for a moment and say, each one of us has a calling. You each have a calling. And God has called some to be healthcare workers or to be politicians or to be school bus drivers. And God has called some to be missionaries and pastors and evangelists. But no matter what God's calling you to, you better discern what that is and listen for God's voice and then live into it fully because God uses us in whatever our calling is to expand his kingdom. And I love what theologian uh, Frederick Buechner says about a calling. You may have heard this quote before, that a calling is where the world's deep need and our deep gladness meet. And I just love that. But it can be a little more difficult to, to live out than we might think because, you know, the world's deep need, that's no problem. The world's deep need is everywhere, right? That's easy to find. What can be deceptively difficult to discover is our own deep gladness. What are we passionate about? Where is God moving us? Um, this can be especially true for women because we may have some cultural uh, expectations that cause us to doubt ourselves or cause us to play small when God might be calling us to shine brightly, to embrace ministry boldly. And I just want to throw that out there because uh, I want you to know none of us are off the hook here in discerning a call. Every one of us needs to do that. You may not be called to be a woman or a man in professional paid ministry as your profession, but you are called to something. And so I encourage you, if you don't already know what that is in this season of your life, start praying about it. But back to my calling, back when I started at Fuller Seminary. That's actually where I met my husband, Phil, who is here with me tonight. And um, early in our dating relationship, Phil realized that if we were going to stay together, if we were going to keep growing in our relationship, he was going to have to get serious about understanding the whole issue of women in ministry. He grew up in a conservative Baptist church, and in his church, it was just a foregone conclusion that women were not preachers or pastors. But then he came to seminary. And he began meeting many gifted and called women. And it caused him to begin challenging his assumptions. 
And as we began dating, he knew that if we were going to stay together, he better be really clear about what God was saying in Scripture about this whole issue. Now, one of the many things I love about Phil is that he is a person of very high integrity, and I believe he was ready to walk away from our relationship if he couldn't understand biblically that he could support me in ministry. So he took it on himself to dig deep into Scripture and to study intensely, as many of you have been doing over these past few weeks. And um, as Phil studied, he began to see that many of the things that he had assumed about women in leadership were actually based more on cultural biases that he grew up with, rather than a clear understanding of Scripture. And so eventually he did come to understand scripturally that God does call both women and men into ministry. And because of the due diligence that he did in studying this for himself, he ended up being even better than me at articulating an understanding of women in leadership in ministry. But meanwhile, in in my early days in seminary, I was also doing my own study of scripture, and I was beginning to get more clear on my calling, what God had called me for and equipped me for, and I began to sense God inviting me to step up and use those gifts. But what's funny to me now is I think back when I first started at Fuller, I remember saying, I never want to be a pastor. I mean, I'm sure God would never call me to be a pastor, and I don't ever want to marry a pastor. I just, (laughs) and I just think God was just chuckling, you know, and I learned since then never to say never to God. So eventually Phil and I did, did sense God calling us into marriage and ministry together, which involved additional seasons of discernment where we had to discern how was God calling us together as a couple into ministry. And uh, eventually after seminary, we went on to get ordained. Both of us got ordained in the Evangelical Covenant denomination. And we went on to uh, be church planters in Wichita, Kansas. It was a very exciting time. We also started our family there at the same time. But for the first six months or so of our time in Wichita, um, there was a number of covenant churches in Kansas who were supporting this church plant in Wichita. And every Sunday for the first six months or so, we would travel to a different church and we would speak to them about this new vision that God was birthing and how they were a part of it. And I'll never forget one Sunday after the service, an older gentleman came up to me and he said, you know, I never really believed that women should be pastors or preachers, but then again, I've never actually heard a woman preach before today. And he said, you know, I think God is starting to change my mind. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. What was really amazing to me is that through the message that Phil and I had brought that morning, we were talking about God's vision for reaching a lost world, right? Neither one of us had said anything about women in ministry. But for this man, just simply hearing a woman stand up and talk about her passion to reach lost people, that had the side effect of God using that to begin to open his heart and his mind to see how God could indeed call women to be preachers and teachers. I didn't have to defend my call. I didn't have to explain myself. I was simply called to show up and preach the gospel and let the Holy Spirit speak to people. Now, each of us have cultural biases that we've grown up believing. When you have a biblical worldview, it's very helpful in helping you live a Christ-centered life. But sometimes it can be difficult to discern what parts of our worldview come to us from the culture around us 
even the Christian culture, and what parts of it are truly based in Scripture and in God's perspective. That older gentleman that came up to me that day, he grew up in a very conservative uh, rural community in Kansas, and he had very distinct ideas about the role of women and men in ministry, even though he'd never actually questioned where those views had come from. Just like me in my early 20s, I had come to believe, and so, so had he actually, I had come to believe that it was okay for women to be missionaries, right? Teaching both men and women overseas somewhere, and that it was okay for women to teach other women and children, but not to teach American men. And when you start to pull that apart, it just really falls apart, doesn't it? My Pastor Lance was talking about consistency. There's no consistency there. And, and also, it's, it's really somewhat racially divisive, too, I mean, to, to speak of that. But why would it be okay for a female to teach an African man, for example, but not to teach an American man? Why would it be okay for a female missionary to come back to the United States on furlough and go speak at churches and give a talk instead of preach to them, right? How is that different? Truth is, it's not different. <laughs> Many Bible-believing Christians have not really taken the challenge to dig deep into Scripture, as you guys have been doing here, which I want to applaud you for, by the way. But many have not done that, and they, they haven't really looked in to see what God's really saying in Scripture about women in ministry. Well, it has been an amazing journey for me over the years as God has continued to shape me and call me and use me in a lot of different settings. One of the things I had to wrestle with along the way was the fact that most of my role models were men. <laughs> and so I was mentored in how to preach and how to lead like a man. And it took me many years to embrace the fact that God made me female for a reason and that it's right for me to lead and to speak in a more feminine way. As a woman, I bring a unique reflection of the Imago Dei that would be lost if I tried to lead more like a man. And it took me many years to find my own voice as a preacher and teacher and to speak authentically out of my own uh, experience that God has allowed me to have as a woman. But what's, what I've also discovered is that the more I have genuinely become me, myself, God has also been able to use me more powerfully. Well, many twists and turns along the journey of ministry. Um, over the years, uh, there have been many different places God has taken me. Each step has involved lots of prayer, lots of discernment, and lots of seeking for confirmation from God about what the next step is. Um, currently, in the season that I'm in right now, I'm no longer serving in a local church as a pastor on a, a staff. Um, but I've come to see that God is calling me to be more of a pastor at large. In other words, everywhere I am, I bring all of who I am as a woman called with certain gifts of leadership and speaking and teaching. Phil, Phil, along the way, God has continued to open up opportunities for him to serve and use his pastoral gifts in local church settings. But God, at some point, began to move me more toward Christian higher education and also as a spiritual director. And by the way, most of the people I serve as a spiritual director are people in full-time ministry. I now serve in a leadership role at William Jessup University, um, but the way that I do my work all arises out of my calling as a pastor and a leader. It's all shaped my, my understanding of spiritual formation, 
the way I hire people, the way I coach my teams, the way I develop systems, the way I handle conflict, envision the future, make decisions, teach and preach and lead. It's all out of my calling as a woman made in the image of God, called to lead and teach and serve. Now, for just one moment, I'd like to say something just to the women here tonight. I want to encourage you not to minimize your gifts or your calling. If you sense God calling you to lead in ministry, keep praying, keep listening, and then find other wise leaders who you can, they can help you discern prayerfully what God is calling you to. And I just encourage you, keep your eyes and your ears open and so you can hear God's still small voice nudging you in the direction that you should go. And listen for confirmation along the way for each step that you take. And please, 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 please do not play small. Do not hold back. If God is calling you, even if it's scary or risky, and it probably will be, step out in faith and trust the outcomes to God. And now to anyone here tonight who has a daughter or a granddaughter, or a niece, or a young girl, or young woman in your life, I just want to say, please encourage them in their faith. Pray for them to discover God's call on their lives. And if you notice any spiritual gifts in them that might be the beginnings of a call to ministry, just continue to pray for them and speak words of life over them and reflect back to them the things that you're seeing God doing in their lives because the world is going to try to push them down or hold them back or simply help keep them from being able to see themselves the way that God sees them. So you need to affirm them when you see their spiritual gifts in action. Just act in, in action. Keep pointing them to Jesus and let them know how precious they are to him. And that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they can make a real difference in this dark world. Well, I want to thank you again for your time and your attention. And I'm just going to keep praying that God's going to richly bless you and this whole church as you continue to seek him. Amen.